Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I found out that you're nothing but a lying, cheating... I didn't cheat with Esther. It was two grown people making a goddamn decision for themselves. Well, that decision ended with her walking out of here near tears because she didn't have all the facts. Like the fact that you're a serial womanizer who can't stand when anyone else Shut has the it. hell up! So he takes whatever woman's inside. I'm telling because you. Because he's so messed up from whatever goddamn thing happened to him in his pathetic childhood. Shut he the hell up! He can't... away from me. Get the hell out of here. Suit Season 5, Episode 7 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about hitting home, then suit yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with the guy who's also never had a breakfast bar in his life. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. Why do you think they called this episode Hitting Home? Uh, boy, uh, a lot to unpack. Here, in... <laughs> here we are, Chappelle. Boy, we got a uh, a, a real. Uh, I was gonna say a banger, uh, but we got a really uh, huge episode here for our halfway point, episode sixty-seven. Yes, we did halfway it. Halfway home. It. Halfway home. Yeah, I guess we're on the home stretch of this. Uh, it's a long stretch because we're only halfway there, but. Yeah, I think uh, this is a momentous occasion, Rob. How do we celebrate? I mean, uh, we'll celebrate with a, a great episode of Suits to talk about here. Um, a lot of big stuff. Harvey's uh, backstory flashback. I mean, we knew the story. We got to see it. But ultimately, the first ever Harvey Lewis f- uh, fist fight. Yeah, and if there was any question of who was going to win that fight... My boy, I told y'all, the Harvey can fight. I've been telling y'all this for episode one. The man is Batman. Lewis was biting off yeah. more than he could chew. He is not Mike Ross. So a couple of things that we've learned from, you know, I've learned how to fight from watching Suits. Harvey, he always is going to throw the first punch. Like yes. Harvey almost always, like things are escalating. Things are escalating. Harvey's never going to wait to get punched. He will mm-hmm. always, he's going to punch first. If it seems like it's going in that direction, he's going to punch and really catch his victim off guard. He's uh, going to throw the first punch. Um, then Lewis tries to 
charge Harvey. And, and really, Harvey didn't really have to do much. He was almost like a, a bullfighter. And he like really just kind of like, yeah, Matador just like slipped out of the way and Lewis yep. goes through a glass coffee table. Yeah, well, Lewis was seeing red. I think uh, Bullfighter is probably the exact uh, analogy that he's having here because once Lewis got so emotional about the things that occurred between Harvey and his sister, he stormed in there knowing that he was going to try to pick a fight with Harvey. He was not going in there to find understanding. He was in there because he was filled with rage. And so because of that, he was blinded by his own rage and uh, charged blindly ahead and ended up in the glass coffee table. This is the second glass coffee table we've seen broken on suits. Do you remember the first time? The first glass coffee table we've seen broken on suits. No, refresh my memory. I'm pretty sure that Logan Sanders ended up in a, in a coffee table. Didn't he with, with Mike? <laughs> yeah, oh, I think interesting. Mike got the better of him. I don't think Mike, well, it might not have been a glass coffee table, but there was definitely some furniture broken uh, mm -hmm. in the Mike and Logan fight. But um, I still, I stand by Mike won that fight, but had it gone any longer, he definitely lost. You know, um, had Logan Sanders got up, Mike Ross, we'd be, we'd be getting him out of the hospital right now. Um, but this fight, it ends very quickly. Jessica comes in and breaks it up. Harvey, you better get the hell out of here. Yeah. And Harvey has to leave. But Lewis definitely started the fight. Like, I am a firm believer that, yeah, Harvey threw the first punch, but Lewis was begging for Harvey to swing at him, you know, yelling at him, calling him a misogynist and a serial womanizer. Yeah. Um, Shades of Memphis Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack with this fight between Harvey and Lewis because Harvey did spend like the better part of this episode showing his ass to everybody. Is that fair to say? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. What are you, what are you getting at? What are you trying uh, to say? I don't know. I, I just feel like that, especially towards the end of the episode, after the therapist said, after Dr. Paula told Harvey that actually, don't you think you're being a lot like your mom in the way that you're handling this whole situation? Like you made a promise and then are getting mad at others for you breaking your word with other people. Isn't that a lot like cheating? And he's like, oh no, we're not doing this. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. And then, you know, he's, uh, you know, you know, pretty horrible. Does he talk to Donna again after this? So um, she he ends up like then uh, having the interaction with uh, Esther and Esther mm -hmm. comes in and he's like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. I said, leave me alone. Good day, sir. You know, you don't I, like I like you're asking me out. I said, no, leave me alone. I'm not interested in sneaking around with you. She's like, I, I, I just, you know, wanted to see if you wanted to have dinner. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. No way. Get away from me. You're yeah. You're, I, I do think there's some things to talk about there, but I think that for the most part, I think Harvey was acting on the level of what you would expect from Harvey. I think that one, the therapist throwing him under the bus and being like, <laughs> you know, you having sex with a grown woman who is completely, you know, able to make her own decisions, who you owe nothing else to except for, you know, like her own company. That is the same as your mom cheating on your dad and letting you catch her as an eight-year-old. You know, he's like, what? What are yeah. you talking about? He's like, Lewis is a grown-ass man. I don't care that Lewis knows that I'm sleeping with Ezra. He's like, well, why are you hiding it? He's like, because I know he's going to act like a child. He's like, but you made him a promise. He's like, yes, I did. But I think there's a little bit of a false equivalency to the two things. Like, she was do It was like a like a Stretch Armstrong reach between those two things. Like, you sleeping with Lewis's sister, even though he asked you not to, is the same as your mom cheating on your dad and telling you to cover it up as a child. Mm -hmm. I think Harvey had... Yeah. I think Harvey had a right to be a little That's uh, fair. bothered by that. Do you think, do we know, 
Is Dr. Paula good at her job? I don't know. You know, look, we know that as a, a, th a therapist that people contract out for companies, she's not who I would go to ever because, uh, you know, when she's deposed, she's going to tell all your business. You know, her notes will be up for grabs if your mm -hmm. company says you got to go for it. Um, but I'm sure that's what any, any you know, therapist that signs up for something like this. I don't know. Uh, but as far as Harvey goes, I think she's giving Harvey the tough love he needs. I just think that, you know, from the outside looking in, this is why therapy sessions are private, probably. Because from the outside looking in, we're like, whoa, this is uh, a lot. You know, you yelling at this guy. He's opening up to you about his childhood trauma. And you're like, yeah, I think Donna's right. You should apologize to Lewis because you're sleeping with his sister or you slept with his sister one time. He's like, my mom was cheating on my dad my whole life. Uh, and I'm really trying to come to terms with that because I have relationship issues. And you're bringing up something and comparing it to something that really is not that deep for Harvey. So maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe she's, look, poor me. She's probably got her credentials and all that kind of stuff. And maybe she's right. I just feel like for me, I wouldn't want to hear that from my therapist. I'd be like, all right, you need to take a softer hand when dealing with me because I'd cuss you out uh, <laughs> and probably not come back. You know what I'm saying? Harvey's coming back because he needs the drugs or whatever. Yeah, so... I was surprised in the last episode when in episode six, we really didn't get anything on uh, the Esther front um, where, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we actually I mean, it was it was a two episodes of a break that we got from Esther. Um, yeah. yeah, we haven't talked about her in a minute. Yeah, I, she was we, in episode four from this season. Mm -hmm. And then we basically had like Travis Tanner came back and then we had another episode uh, dealing with the therapist. So it's been two episodes since we've seen Esther. But now here she is back and uh, she is coming back because she's getting sued again. She needs lawyers. Yes, she needs lawyers and she needs Harvey to do it. Now, we speculated, you and I, uh, whether or not anything ever happened to Harvey and, Lu and uh, Esther because we never saw it. You know, if it happens yeah. off screen, then that, leads, that leaves you some like Patty, ambiguity. update the spreadsheet. Right, yeah, that technically counts as a hookup. It really does. And so it happens off screen. And so we're like, okay, now we learned for sure that it happened. And now we get to see how it deals with it. And it looks like Harvey's kind of like, Esther, we had a moment. But obviously, it'd be irresponsible for us to keep that going because we know who your brother is. But Esther is kind of like, oh, Harvey, come on. Let's just go get dinner. It's cool. It's like, but Esther, the therapist has one point. Y'all are going to be sneaking around behind Lewis's back. It's not like y'all are going to go to Lewis as adults and say, Lewis, this is a grown-up decision that I decided to make as your sister. I would like mm -hmm. to have sex with Harvey, and that's okay because I'm grown. Because they know Lewis is not going to react well, but that does not absolve them from having to be honest about something like that if they know it would yeah. hurt Lewis's feelings to find out. Um, so throughout this episode, that's what we explore is, is Esther here for business purposes or is it a mixture of business and pleasure? Yeah, I just think that Harvey could have handled this differently where if he really did think that there was something there with Esther, I mean, he promised Lewis he wasn't going to do it. And if he, he was like, oh my God, like Esther is amazing. Like I uh, really, you know, I could see myself spending the rest of my life with her. I need to take her to dinner. I need to date Esther. I think that Lewis might've been open to in a world where, okay, I am going to court Esther. But the way that Harvey kind of just like ends up having like, like a one night stand with Esther. I think that's like almost like exactly what Lewis's nightmare scenario would have been where, hey, I slept with your sister. I have that over you. And I think that in Lewis's mind, I think that that would be worse than a situation where Harvey dated Esther. 
Oh, I don't think there's a win at all. I think it's like two bads, right? It's like it's worse. But Lewis was never going to react to this at any point ever. Fine. Like it's like let's Esther even says it. Anytime that she has a relationship with anybody, he gets super jealous. Anytime he she asks somebody for anything, like uh for anything and not Lewis, he gets super jealous. So had Harvey come to Lewis, hat in hand, on one on bended knee, Lewis, I met the love of my life. It's Esther. I need her. Lewis would have told Harvey to go to hell. And that's just and it's just that. I mean, we have no evidence to believe that Lewis has ever been a rational human at any mm-hmm. point in the season, a series. It's been five seasons. The man has not done anything rational. So for him to look at Harvey and think, man, I see true love. And I stand by that. You're right, Harvey. You have my blessing. There's a 0% chance that was going to happen. Now, will he be more upset that they had an affair or a one-night stand, a fling, I guess? Probably. But he still doesn't even know the extent of that. He mar- he barged into Harvey's office just because Esther was teary-eyed and then he found out that Harvey had lied to him. He had no clue the extent of their relationship. He didn't know if it was one time or 20 times. He just knew he was going in there to pick a fight. So I don't think there's anything Harvey could have done to win the situation except for keep his promise and not have sex with uh, with Esther. Talk about the Donna of it all because, boo, you know. Donna, boo this woman. I'm sorry. Boo. Yeah, I kind of feel like that Donna ends up like inserting herself into a situation like Harvey did not confide in her. Hey, guess what? You know, she like because using her own Donna powers, like confronts Harvey about this situation, like forces him to have to potentially lie about it. And then like is mad at Harvey for like, you're making me lie about this thing. It's like, I didn't I didn't tell you anything. She swear he walked into her office and said, Donna, put this on my schedule. I'm sleeping with Esther. Don't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. She, he didn't He didn't include her in this. I will say one thing. Harvey should have lied to Donna. Donna's like, Harvey, I know you so well. I know that you slept with Esther. I can tell. I can, I'm can. i looking at you. He should have said, no, I didn't. And she said, yeah, you did. I'm not dumb. I blah, blah, blah. He should have said, I did not. He should have categorically denied the everything and lied to Donna because he cannot trust Donna. Donna has betrayed this man. If you think all the rest of the things Donna has has done prior to this is not a betrayal, this moment is a betrayal because you sussed this information out on your own. You begged Harvey to admit it. And then you said, Harvey, I'm not keeping no more secrets Keep a lie for you. I didn't ask you to do anything, actually. You should have just stayed the hell out of it. You know what? He actually did ask Donna to mind her own business, and she refuses to. So when Lewis is like, Donna, I asked you, he's like, she's like, oh, well, I have to be loyal to Lewis now because I've been working for him for four weeks. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Okay. This is the same Lewis that was yelling at you, sit your ass down, goddammit. You've been lying to me. We've never been friends in the first place, blah, blah, blah. You crying in the office and stuff like that. Harvey ain't never did Donna like that, but now she's so, you know, um, she's so indebted to Lewis that she has to do this. I'm sorry, I did know. Donna, just say, it's none of my business and I don't care, and I'm walking out. What's going on with Donna's salary? Boy, look, if I'm Harvey, she's going to get a rude awakening, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, they cut my compensation. We gonna have to tighten the ship here around here a little bit. Um, you know, Donna, what you gonna do, babe? Uh, you better talk to Lewis about your raise or whatever, because she's talking about two percent raise on top of what Harvey was already giving her. Ma'am, you can't even keep a regular ass secret. Yeah. You don't even work for me no more. Uh, Harvey better than me. Harvey is better than me. Donna be looking at me like, man, it ain't ain't life crazy making a secretary salary? I'd be like, yeah, that's wild, huh? Well, couldn't be me though. Mm-hmm. I'd have the money if you weren't letting your boss run around do compensation uh, deals behind my back. Now, they do overturn it, obviously. However, still, 
on principle, Donna, yeah, you're gonna have to you might have to start budgeting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This is gonna get tough for you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not petty, but at some point, why am I doing all this stuff for you if you don't want to do anything for me anymore? Yeah. All right. So what do you think happens after this? Like, is Harvey gonna show up back to work? Like, I feel like this is like a major issue here. Two name partners. Well, I don't think it's that much of an issue because they're two name partners. It's kind of like, what y'all gonna do? Fire each other? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what y'all, y'all gonna duke, duke it out? It's like uh, Lewis gonna press assault charges? Maybe. Uh, I don't. I don't trust Lewis at all. Actually, I don't know. So, I kind of feel like happen. that you got to get this situation. Like <laughs> you got to call in the cleaner to fix this before people come in in the morning. Well, is there any world where this news of this fight gets out, and you know? Your boy Daniel Hardman is snooping around right now. Oh my God! Do we? I mean, what are we? Yeah. Fifteen minutes Danny, into this, and we haven't even talked about Daniel Hardman. Danny Hardman. He's is back, back, baby. And and he's snooping around, and he's doing his normal like. Well, no, I don't know. I I I did nothing wrong. You. It was you. It was Jessica all along. She doesn't trust you. You got a chip on your. He's doing his whole spiel. Mm-hmm. Let him find out that Lewis has been scorned by Harvey. But what's he going to do with this information? Put it in page six of the New York Post. The, Maybe, you know, uh, it's like because Lewis, we know, has no good sense at all and is going to go run his mouth about this probably to somebody to get revenge at Harvey. You know how that goes. He mm. always is looking to get one up on Harvey. So he's probably going to run back to Jack Soloff or he's going to run back to Daniel Hardman. Uh, there's no world where this conflict happens and Daniel Hardman doesn't get to poke his head into it at all. You know, I think he's going to be peeking around. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what the angle is for Daniel Hardman and for Jack Soloff. And it feels like that Mike is a like a little bit more of the focus for those guys because that they've both have had like run-ins with Lewis and gotten uh, like Lewis has gotten burned. So Lewis, I feel like is not so much a person who is going to go like go back to somebody who already burned. Like once you're Lewis's enemy, you stay Lewis's enemy. No, because you could be his friend and still be his enemy. You know, mm-hmm. like Lewis just what's the, what is the line between friend and enemy when it comes to Lewis? Like you lied to me about something that had nothing he to do with Daniel you. He hates Daniel Hardman. He, yeah, but I mean, depending on the day, he hates Harvey. Yeah, depending on the day, you know, it just it, he hates he hated Mike Ross for two two episodes. You know, like he, the man hates what he hates. It, but he's so fickle. I don't know. I don't. I think you're right. I think it's a stretch for him to end up back with Daniel Hardman just because Daniel Hardman cut him so deep. But I just don't think you have a name partner fight. With Daniel Hardman just happened to be in New York right now, just hanging around, and he has no input on on anything that happens here. Jack Soloff is obviously trying to make a name for himself as senior partner. He's been trying to make moves, and uh, now one of his moves is about to get shot down by Jessica. Mike Ross is about to turn down um, this. Um, well, it has been told to turn down his nomination for junior partner that was made by Jack Soloff. And when Jack Soloff lets that slip to Daniel Hardman, Daniel Hardman might be like, "Oh." Well, maybe there's something going on there. Maybe there's mm-hmm. something that we can bring that up with. Or maybe Jack Soloff just takes Mike it really personally. Why would Mike Ross turn down junior partner? Doesn't make exactly. sense. There well, must be Jack something Soloff going on. Yeah. Right. He could he could just be like, Jessica's not... Look, again, Jessica's stepping on all over what I want to do here. There's uh, We got to do something about this. I got to figure this out. And maybe he does go back to Lewis. Because uh, Lewis and Jack Soloff's breakup wasn't that bad. Daniel Hartman and, and, and Lewis's breakup was huge. But I think you could come back from the Jack Solov breakup. I mean, he's getting in good with Mike. 
Mm-hmm. And if you can get in good with Mike after coming after Harvey's money, I think that you could probably win Lewis back over, especially after a fist fight. This was the episode that was like a little bit of a thawing with the Jack Soloff where he did not do anything underhanded in this episode that we know of. No, I mean, this was more, yeah, like you say, a thawing. This is more of the, we saw that Jack Soloff was doing underhanded stuff and a lot of it got kind of resolved in this episode. You know, he goes to make amends to Mike Ross. Eventually they work together and solve this case and then everything's great for them. But we do see that he has been going to Daniel Harbin as um, like a mentor. I don't know. And so he goes to Daniel Harbin and this at, in this episode, he tells Daniel Harbin, look, I'm done. I don't want to come after them anymore. I'm out of here. You told me I could get revenge on Harvey. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Harbin, of course, is like, you know, I don't think you're out. Like, yeah. I think that you're a, you're a grinder. If someone ever called me a grinder, Rob, I think I would be offended now because it's like you're a grinder and you got a chip on you your You wouldn't shoulder. like grinder? Yeah. I feel like uh, I would like being if somebody told me I was a grinder. I mean, it just always has like a negative connotation in this show. Mm. You know, it's like you're a grinder and you have a chip on your shoulder. And the chip, Daniel Harbin says, the chip is not with Daniel Harbin. It's with someone else. So I feel like Jack Soloff, although he made some inroads with Mike, we've yet to see him and Harvey be on the level. And so maybe mm-hmm. he still has beef with Harvey because he's like Lewis. Yeah. He says, Harvey just plucked out of obscurity. You know, he's in the mailroom and then he's just the wonder boy. All of a sudden he can do no wrong. And now he's the youngest senior partner. And now he's name partner. Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. We love Harvey. I think until you resolve whatever like uh, resentment he has with Harvey, you're always going to have a problem with Jack Soloff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chappelle, I don't think we could be podcasting suits every day and not be grinders. I think so. I think so. But like, but if someone else, like we could call ourselves grinders, but mm-hmm. no one else can call us that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's offensive if someone else says to you, like, I'm like, we are grinders. We grinding this thing out. But then if someone's like, you know what? Rob and Chappelle are like grinders, right? Like, yeah, they're not they're like artists. Grinders. They're grinders. Yeah, they're not artists. They just, they, they're all about, you know, production and getting all these podcasts out, quantity over quality and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's what I'm saying. When they say it, they can't say it. But we, we can say it here at suitspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. No outsiders, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does Daniel Hardman have an office? I feel like that we're just uh, seeing all of his scenes on the street. Are we not, do we not have that set in the budget right now? Yeah, we don't know where he works yet, but mm-hmm. we know he's back in New York. You know, I, he's been in hiding for a while, but he's come back stronger than ever. Or at least we know that he's probably up to something and he works in the general vicinity. And I don't think that's not by design. I think that Daniel Hartman's like, let me do a couple laps past uh, Pierce Inspector Lit so they can see that I'm. <laughs> he should be in the same building. Yeah, yeah, like on the like on the on the ground floor. They have to walk past his secretary <laughs> or something like that, you know. But oh, yeah, he's like Jessica. Good to see you again this morning. It's like if you don't get on my goddamn face. Yeah, funny I mean, seeing yeah. you here again. Bumping into them at their favorite party. Uh, Ready trucks. for your eleven a.m. bagel? Right. That's what, Daniel Hartman's good. He's he's a good villain. I really do like him because even just the presence of him in this episode did kind of get us okay. I'm on edge now because what's about to happen? You know, mm-hmm. Travis Tanner came and it was like, okay, is Travis Tanner about to do some weird stuff? He's like, no, I promise, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still Travis Tanner. I still got teeth, but I ain't gonna bite you unless you make me. Mm-hmm. Daniel Hartman shows up and I'm like, this, uh, so, you know, like something's wrong. Something's going on. I don't trust it. Like Jessica has no patience for Daniel Hartman. She just she sees him on the street and immediately comes up to him like, hey. I don't know what you about to do, but I ain't trying to hear that. Don't shut it down right now because I'll send you out and I'll send Jack Soloff to, uh, out with you. Um, so 
I don't know what is next for us, but I'm very excited for another good run from Daniel Hartman. I wonder how long this one will last. Yeah. Well, he's got a new firm. He's like, Jessica, I want you to put word out that we back up. Yeah. <laughs> it's We out here. We outside. It's lit. Gorilla yeah. gang. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I what if Daniel Hartman begins to try to start maybe like poaching or something, you know, there's something in the bylaws. I mean, about, who would he poach? Know, Jack Soloff? Jack, Jack Soloff, maybe Lewis, mm-hmm. you know. If Jack Soloff was like, Lewis, I'm coming in as name partner and I promise I would make you, you know, the third. You know, I think that there's a way you can play toward Lewis's ambition to get him to flip uh, because he has Pearson Spectre lit, but we'd be obtuse to say that he is not, like getting the same respect that he probably thinks he's getting, right? Like, he's not. And I'm sure he he knows it. And now his sister is Harvey's client and his client, but sleeping with Harvey or whatever the case may be. There's a good world where Lewis is like, you know what? I'm done with all of y'all. Let <laughs> me go do something else. Um, I don't know. Can you leave that quick? I guess that you can get ousted uh, pretty easily from being a name partner, but I can't imagine yeah. he wants to go be name partners with Daniel Hartman. Maybe not Daniel Hartman, but maybe Jack Soloff? Jack Sol- Soloff. Soloff, Soloff lit? Maybe they, yeah, Soloff lit in Ross. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know not to make Ross a name partner. What did you I, think about Mike Ross getting the promotion bump? You know, the uh, the 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 stamp, the rubber stamp from Jack Soloff to be junior partner. You know, partner. the thing is with Stupid Mike, uh, stupid is, Mike. Mm-hmm. he's so smart, but also like where Jessica's dumb. like, you listen to me, you you little <laughs> piece of crap. Listen, <laughs> you're going to figure out a way to turn this down. And just the same way that you came in here and scammed all of us, you're going to figure out a way to say no to this because there's going to be news articles written about this. The junior partner wonder kid. And then when they say he went to Harvard and everybody knows you didn't go to Harvard, it's going (laughs) to give up the game. So if you like what you're doing here, then figure out a way to turn it down. But Mike's like, oh, come on. But people are going to know. I earned this. Like, no, you literally didn't. Yeah. No, but people already, they're already planning my party. Like he, Jack Soloff already told all my friends. I, everybody already ready for me to be junior partner. It's time. Like, Michael, you cannot have your name in the headlines. What part of that? What is not clicking, sir? If, if people start to see your name in the headlines, we will start to p- cross-reference things yeah. and say, have you even heard of this Mike Ross guy? He's a new hotshot over mm-hmm. at Pierce Inspector Lit. He's a junior partner, youngest junior, fastest junior, all this other stuff. And he ain't even in the Harvard Facebook group. Yeah. Also, that I feel like that while Mike is like very impressive, like one-on-one, Daniel Hardman was impressed with him. Jack Soloff is impressed with him. Harvey is impressed with him. Jessica's been impressed with him. Like, I can't imagine that his case record is like off the charts that he like, I'm sure Harvey as a junior, as, as an associate, third year, fourth year, whatever, was probably doing much better than Mike as a lawyer. I mean, Mike spends half of his time going off on like different, like pro bono type class action lawsuits that he's working on. Like, it's not like that Mike's record as a lawyer is like so spectacular. Yeah. And Harvey had such like, a deeper well of experience too by the time he was. He worked in the DA's moves. office. Yeah. Right. Mike was a bike messenger turned lawyer associate or whatever and to- turned uh investment banker for like a month and then came back 
And I think he's very impressive to the people that you like you like you said, the people that work closely with him because he works with them as an associate. And so for them, he's like, oh, they're like, oh, this kid's great. Of course, I want to promote him, whatever. You know, he helped me out. He helped me do these things. But as far as like from a legal standpoint, as far as like any cases that he's won himself, I think there's almost there's some to none. You know, he's Mm -hmm. still an associate. Like he's not like working out on his own, like doing all this stuff, bringing in all this this money. He's just kind of like. The guy that you look to, like, if you need a trap door, Mike Ross is the guy who has the trap door. He also so, left the firm for an undisclosed period of time also. It only yeah. recently came back. You could definitely talk your way out of this one, Mike Ross. Like, the idea that, like, well, people are going to ask questions if you were, if you, if, if, if I turn it down. It's like, yeah, they are. But guess what? People have been asking questions since the day you walked through this door. You've never had an issue lying. So get to work. Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to falsify something else. Then falsify it. If you got to go in and create some medical documents or something like that, family emergency, whatever the case may be, we've seen that you you will hack computer systems and enter your name into the bar and all kinds of stuff. You can get through this one. It'll be fine. I'm with Jessica. Like, right, if you want this to go away, you can make it go away. Because if they thought you was going, if you thought you was going to jail for a fraud, then you would make this go away. Yeah. I mean, can't Jessica step in also and say, like, this is unprecedented for somebody that's this green to come in and be the youngest junior partner ever. I don't want to set that precedent because once we do it for Mike, then now how many other like third year associates do I have to make junior partner? Mm-mm. See, that's the problem. That is the problem right here is that Jessica has bent so many rules for Harvey in the past that if she goes and says, OK, now I have an issue with young people coming up the ranks so fast. Like uh, my name partner just shot up the ranks and I did that. I basically just like I helped uplift him to this point, but never again. No, yeah. no, no, sorry. Not anybody else's. I, I, my guy, Harvey. And that's it. Jack Soloff is going to throw up. He's like. This is Harvey's guy. Robert Zane has worked with him. He's, he's you know, like everybody's worked with him. He's, he's apparently impeccable. Every time I look up, he's sitting in your office, Jessica. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he can't do it. What's the reason? What's going on? I think Jack Soloff might tell Mike to go work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you need to go somewhere that's going to let you stretch your wings a little bit. You know, this Je- ain't it. Jessica can't say, look, I'm already breaking the Harvard rule for his fiance. Enough breaking and bending the rules for this couple. Again, we're paying Jessica. for we're paying for her to go to college and her father is Robert Zane. Again, I don't even know if everybody knows they're breaking the Harvard rule. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we know that Rachel's in school. We know that Rachel is uh, technically an associate, but a paralegal, but she's in school or whatever the case may be. She's doing all those things at the same time, but she's not a lawyer who works for Pearson Hartman with a law degree, right? And so maybe once the rest of the senior partners even get wind of the Harvard rule being broken, they're like, what are we even doing here? We signed up to work at a place that only lets Harvard people in. Mm-hmm. And now you going in to let Robert Zane's daughter do this? Why? Because she's marrying Mike Ross? Did he even go to Harvard? You know, questions might start to get asked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question for you, Chappelle. Hmm. Who gets the Liddy in this episode of Suits? Hmm. Kind of had to be Mike Ross, right? Um, he got nominated for junior partner. Yeah. It's a big deal. Pretty good deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, he, the thing that he did that really impressed Jack Soloff was that he just blatantly lied also. Forgery. Um, <laughs> Forgery. <laughs> that is the, that is what he did. He forged. And Jack Soloff's like, wow, look at you. That he got spunk. Your Daniel Hartman got, material. 
Yeah, basically, Daniel Hartman, you know, who was a revered lawyer at this law firm. And you got to give him the same vibes of like, you'll go do whatever it takes. Mike Ross uh, created a bunch of emails that made it look like these people were all talking trash um, and that the CEO was going to roll on them and blame everything on them, whatever the case may be. But mm -hmm. he made it up. And we know Mike is good for a bluff, but he actually took the time to type up emails as well. So they were all fake anyway. So it was like he made up fake illegal emails to use just because so he could out bluff these people. Mike is the king of bluffs. Um, and I guess that's impressive enough for Jack Soloff. But if we don't give it to Mike Ross, then who do we give it to? I mean, mm -hmm. Jessica would probably not be a horrible candidate, but dear God, I mean, her, her name partners are fighting. The kids are fighting, Jessica. You got to step in and do something. Um, I don't know, man. This, is, this seems like the Mike Ross uh, Liddy to me. You got any objections? No, uh, give it to Mike Ross. So congratulations to Mike being uh, back on the Liddy track here. Okay, so... Uh, let's see. Have we got any uh, references here for this episode? Uh, I don't know. Did you hear any? Jessica made a reference, but I don't even know what it was. She was talking to Lewis and she said something. And I was like, that's a reference. I don't know what the movie is, but it was very obviously a quote that was, was like kind of shoehorned into the into the moment. And uh, I don't even remember what the what the context was. But I, I know when she said it, I remember thinking, I don't know what that is. I can't wait for Rob to explain to me what she was doing here. Hmm. OK, well, uh, if we can uh, remember for tomorrow, I'll see if I can explain it. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, see uh, suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Uh, that's where you can send us in some messages. I don't have any uh, questions uh, specifically about the, that episode, but David Schwartz uh, wanted to know, isn't it wild uh, that they found an actress to play Esther that looks exactly like Lewis in a wig? Uh, do you think Esther looks like Lewis? That's you. You don't. They're basically twins. Really? Uh, yeah. Lewis in a wig. He's heard his whole life. Mm hmm. <laughs> I don't see it, but how? I don't know. Uh, well, you know, uh, you you get you did just have a birthday, Rob. You're getting up in age. Maybe I, you need to get some correct. Is that what it is? Maybe I'm like uh, face yeah. blind, like Akiva. Yeah, maybe. I, don't I, know. I didn't I really see a big rese uh, resemblance with Esther. It's and uncanny. Lewis. Yeah, basically twins. If you told me this was the same person, if you told me this was Lewis in a wig, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> maybe. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how about this is one from Jessica Frey who explains uh, contingency fees uh, that we had oh, asked please. about that in a previous episode. Uh, she said that contingency fees means the, the attorney takes a percentage of the recovery. Uh, there are strict state bar rules for disclosure of the contingency and the amount. Okay. Okay. So now, okay. now we know. Does that clear that up for you? It does. It does. Um, oh, there was one moment in the episode that I forgot to mention. What did you think about Harvey asking Donna out to mend their friendship? Because now they're going on like friend dates and having dinner and stuff. And it does look like they're kind of coming back together. Yeah, it seemed like that we were headed in the right direction. But then uh, Donna had to get all Budinsky about the whole Harvey and Esther of it all. Like, Has she not Donna? said nothing? Yeah. yeah. Had she just not said anything the entire time? Had she just left Lewis's sister and Lewis and Harvey and just put that in a box? She saw it and went on about her business. 
I'm pretty sure Harvey makes it to this episode through this episode without punching Lewis in the face. But uh, no, she has to come in and be the moral compass of everybody on the show. And she just couldn't sit by and watch Harvey not admit to something that he never even told her happened. Let me read you one more from Colleen. Uh, this was from earlier in the season, but I think it applies. As I'm watching, all I could hear every time Jessica was on screen was Chappelle saying how uh, she needs to get control of her people. This woman is literally running a preschool poorly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 we, we are fans of these people, but we are fans of them to various degrees. But... I mean, we would be lying if we said that all of them were acting like adults all the time. You know, like, Donna, what the hell are you doing? Harvey, what are you doing most of the time? And then Lewis is literally a child. Like, that is a child in a, like in a, in a man's suit. You know, he's, he feels like, um, you know, is that the little rascals where they, they, they dress up as a grown man, you know, or like, a, you know, a Vincent adult man. Like, it's a, chi- it's a child, but he's wearing a suit because he just acts like, like a little child, you know, and mm-hmm. Jessica's walking around trying to be the adult in the room. And now she's gotten to the point where she's threatening to slap the taste out their mouths and hangle. Oh, I'm sorry. And hang uh, and dangle uh, Mike Ross out of a window. She's like, you'll be dangling 50 feet from the top of this building if you keep messing with me. That's why she looks out the window so much. She's thinking about like uh, all the different ways that she could uh, dangle people like Suge Knight. Yeah, lady, hire some professionals, please. Mm-hmm. If you if you actually looked at the roster here and started to cut these people based off of the actions that they're actually doing, then yeah, I think that Jessica could clean house and start new with some fresh faces that actually want to uphold the law and not fight each other in the office. Like this is is yeah, that this what the spinoff is? She finally decides to kick everybody out and restarts the, the whole thing over. Yeah. Yeah. That's the finale. And she's like, Harvey, you get your goddamn ass out of my office and take Mike Ross with you. And he's like, you can't fire me. He's like, I did. I did. I broke all, all the fired. rules. Lewis, out. You're all fired. Rachel, I brought in out. Daniel Donna, Hardman. Get out. Least, yeah. At least I know what Daniel Hardman was doing. Y'all all got different secrets. Daniel Hardman was just stealing some money to go off with his girlfriend. Harvey has broken way more laws than Daniel Hartman has. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Chappelle, anything else about this episode? No, nah, it was cool. I think it made me excited to see what's coming up next because of Daniel Hartman being back. Love Danny H. And then, uh, you know, got to see what happens between Lewis and Harvey. But I'll say this. That punch to the face, Lewis, it was overdue. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see too much sympathy coming for Lewis Lit in these next couple episodes because you a grown-ass man. You can't deal with your sister having sex with somebody. You got to stand up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this was a really good one. Can opener for this episode? I like it. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Can opener to mark the halfway point here of Yay! our Suits journey. This is a celebration. Okay. Can you believe this? 67 days in a row we've been at this. Yeah. Not quite nice, but almost there. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. enjoyed this. This is fun. Um, I, I, I think we got to go mudding, Rob. We got to celebrate. Go mudding? I mean, is that a yeah. real thing? I mean, how much does it cost to go mudding? Rob, we talk about this all the time. I don't know. I've never done it before. Let's mm-hmm. see, Muddy. This is what we, we got to... Let's see. Let's see if there's one in California. Let's see if there's one in Los Angeles. Huh? I'm just mm-hmm. saying. We're not, it's not like we're going to be there over there anytime soon. Um, mud baths. Oh, yeah. They're a thing. The mud at Glen Ivy Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Flavored mud. Flavored Marchmont mud. Yeah. You know, they got different muds from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I'm just saying. If you if you were down, I would be down. not to not to harass you or anything. I've you know, but if you're down, I'm go mudding. We could do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe let's maybe look at it maybe for the finale. 
let's ask the Facebook group what they mm-hmm. think. Should we go mudding? Also, give us a recommendation for places to mud. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I think podcasting from the mud would be good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that for sure. We could do that about suits. A suits podcast from the mud. We mm-hmm. got it out the mud. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they they say. That's our, our new tagline. Suit yourself. They got it out the mud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chappelle, unless you have anything else, let's uh, leave it Mm-mm. there for today. When we come back yes. tomorrow, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to be not halfway through the run of suits, but we'll be halfway through season five, if you could believe it. That's crazy. I feel like we're moving so fast. Season five, I um, feel like it went by in a flash so far here. Uh, but yeah, this has been the season of Harvey and Therapy. And after tomorrow will be uh, eight episodes through the 16 episodes of season five. If you can believe it, here we go. Hitting home, original air date, August 5th, 2015. So uh, there you go. Uh, just just days after the Mets traded to get Ioannis Cespedes back in uh, the trade <laughs> deadline of 2015. So a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, and he also uh, like got, uh, I think he... Felt was he uh bull riding? I think he said he got like hurt by a bull at some point in his Damn. life, so it's all coming together. All right, he was hitting a lot that summer, also. All right, Chappelle, where can people keep up with you? Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show and follow at SuitsPod on Twitter as well. All right, I'm at Rob Sestrino. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.